Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. Web Group Real Estate, Missy. I am so excited to interview you today. I feel like we are similar, um, and I'm excited to hear your story. Um, tell us about your story. How did you get into real estate? Give us the lowdown. Hi, good morning, friends. Um, so actually, I started in real estate a decade ago answering phones. I was a director of first impressions, which is totally a fit for my personality, as you can guess. And um, I had just moved here from Colorado Springs, got married, and our real estate agents knew that I needed a job here, so they put me in that position. Um, so I did that for about 10 months, and then I worked as an unlicensed assistant, which also I had no business ever doing, handling someone else's details. Terrible, terrible. And then I got pregnant, and so I did the thing where I set aside $2,000 because I was gonna have a baby on a hip and drive a Lexus and do no work ever. I was gonna be a real estate agent. And then my husband, Steve, lost his engineering job of 17 years. And so we got him licensed instead. And I worked behind the scenes to make his phone ring, to make it ring. And I would say things like, hey, here's how you write a contract and here's how, and so I, I worked a legion system on Craigslist talked to people at church, uh, sent out the emails, all that kind of stuff. And then in 20, that was in 2013 and 2016, I joined them full time and we just haven't looked back since. I kind of took over then. So why did you join him? Cause that's kind of like what Eric and I kind of did a little bit. So why did you decide to, to join forces? I always knew that I would do that. I just wanted to be with my kids. I so I always knew that I would join and I always knew that when I joined, I would be fully focused on that, like in a disproportionate way because I'm that person. And so I wanted to make sure that I was with my kids. I wanted to nurse. I wanted to be there. I wanted to soak up all those moments because I knew that when I said, okay, we're doing this real estate thing together, then that's what I would do. So tell us about your team. Who, how many is on it? How many admin do you have? Like, what does your team look like? Right now we have five. We are small and mighty. It's Steve and me. And then we have one buyer's agent named Lisa. And then I have two admin. I have a director of ops. Her name is Heather and we're all a little bit afraid of her. <laughs> and then we have a transaction coordinator named Brooke and she's amazing. I mean, and Heather is terrifying, but she also crochets baby Yodas for people. So not like that. Terrifying. Like she really does. Wait, yeah, does she does. really? She really does. I, I can have one brought in shortly. I may want one. <laughs> so how many, what is your average sale price? Tell us a little bit about the area you're in. How many transactions are you guys doing? Tell us a little bit about the business. So right now we're kind of uh, working to push through a ceiling. We are, our average sales price here is about 165 and um, right. It's, it's not huge. And so we need to do a lot of units to really be profitable. Um, two years ago, I, in 2018, I did um, 98 and last year we did 97. We were so close. Just pushed past that. 
And yet last year we really spent time working on our systems because we grew so fast. We did uh, 21, 56, and then 98. And we realized our systems weren't scalable. So we really focused on systems and building things and um, kind of developing the back of the house because that's where your culture is, right? So we really developed that and, and focused on um, building a strong team and kind of studying each other, learning each other, and 2020 is going to be great. So Missy, what exact systems did you have to put in place to be able to facilitate going from the 50s range to almost 100? Everything, all of it. Can I just answer that with yes? <laughs> because at the time it was, you know, I make my husband's phone ring and I bring in the leads and then I pass them off. And so I'm not actually fully in production. I don't want to be. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard Tony DeCello say, I love everything about real estate except buyers or sellers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And now I'll, also I'm thinking, I wonder if this is going to be like actually on my profile. Sorry, buyers and sellers. I really do love you. <laughs> um, and the truth is I'm just not as, as good at it. Steve and I work best when we have an assembly line approach instead of working like one doing buyers, one doing listings, or both doing individual productions, like a lot of husband and wife teams, we do best with an assembly line and we joke that I fish and he cooks and cleans them. So there was only so much that we could handle before we needed to bring on a buyer's agent. And then once you bring on that first person, everything breaks down. Like what is my lead flow system? Where, what is my lead gen highway? Where are my potholes? How do I assign this? What am I even doing? What is the pass off? Are people promoting web group as a culture, as a brand, everything was a mess and kind of is really. I'm beginning to think we never get there. I don't think anyone. <laughs> no, we, we'd never get there. No, for sure. Um, do you have, what's your title? Do you have a title? Like to me, you're like head visionary in charge, but like, and uh, to me, and I think like everybody that's watching that knows you would, or, and listening that knows you would know that like, I feel like you're like head visionary in charge of like everybody. Like you're just like super visionary, but do you have like an official title? No, I don't. I don't, um, I, I don't mean to make any judgment around the, the title CEO. I feel like in so many ways, I haven't really earned that yet. And yet that's what I would be. Um, there, there's a lot of moving from Rainmaker to CEO, a lot of mindset shifts and system shifts and um, self mastery. And I'm just so not there. So I would just call myself a rainmaker, a team owner, team leader, chaos oh. brain, probably. My team calls me the hurricane. Can I put that on a business card? Well, yeah, because I mean, Gary Keller says, it's not the rainmaker's job to manage the team, it's the team's job to manage the rainmaker. So yeah, chaos bringer is like, yes, nail on head. Right. So like your, your position is kind of like my position on my team, although I do handle the leads and Eric handles the buyers, but I bring the leads in, I nurture them, and then I hand them off as I need to. So what does your day look like? So obviously you're not going on listing appointments. You're not going on buyer appointments. So what does your day look like Monday through Friday? Tell me. So I will go on appointments and yet my goal is to be done by three because at 3.05 the school bus pulls up and I'm done. Got you. So um, I lead gen with my team in the mornings, um, mostly from home because they complain that I'm really loud. 
I don't understand it. <laughs> we don't either. We're all loud too. Yes. <laughs> I know. So right now I'm kind of working as, as sort of a lead coordinator in an ISA when I'm working in my job, not on my business. Okay. So I do that in the mornings and then I Facebook a lot. Let's be honest. You yeah. guys have seen me. There's no denying that. And um, I spend a great deal of every day nurturing my relationships with people like you in other parts of the country. That's really important to me. We closed right. last year 33 agent referrals. And so those relationships are important to me, not just from a business standpoint, from a growth standpoint too. Right, exactly. Um, so I know we kind of chatted before and you're totally into hiring people. You're totally into the other person and putting the right person on your team. Tell us, what do you do? How do you hire that right person? Well, I think um, just to kind of rewind and circle back to when I was in um, the director of first impressions, Dofi, is that weird or what? When I was a Dofi and then an unlicensed assistant, it was interesting because I didn't know that there was more. I'm just, I have a job and I'm paying bills and you know, that's what adults do, right? Right. I didn't know that I had an energy zone. I didn't know that I had special gifts and talents and things that I could bring to the table in a workplace. And so um, after figuring out all of those kinds of things with myself and my self-awareness, I, I figure out, okay, so I am not good at this and this and this, or this sucks my joy. I call things a joy suck. I know that sounds really kind of shocking and I, I like shocking people, so I like that word. <laughs> Things that are a joy suck for me, I find people to do that. And so I, I like to dive into what other people's strengths are. And I do that with the Strengths Finder, the KPA, the DISC. I like to learn love languages. I want to know all of it because I want to know how to best communicate with you. And I want to know how to make you happy. If you're not happy, I don't want you around. And if I can't make you happy, I don't want to partner with you. Right, right. So... I obviously, I was an assistant for 11 years. I worked at the front desk at Keller Williams as well. I was same thing. I was a, a receptionist and then I made my way into an assistant for 11 years. And now I'm a husband and wife team, just like you. Do you find it hard to give away the TC part of your job? Do you find it hard? Oh my God, I do. How do you, how do you let go? So that part I've never really... Um, because I worked as an unlicensed assistant, I always did the behind the scenes stuff and just told people how to do things or made sure I had the signatures. Or, and then when I worked with Steve, he was doing all of it. So I just, even though I know how to do it, I don't, I don't do details very well. I'm not interested in it. It's, it's definitely out of my energy zone. I can get really, really frustrated. And so the very first hire we made, I think it's interesting because we talked about your first hire needs to be an admin. And we think that we need to make that first hire a director of ops. Right. Because it, it, I, I wasn't ready for a director of ops. What I needed was for my husband and I not to work any contracts. So the first thing we did was bring on a TC. And that leveraged us more than anything. Perfect. Can you talk about what it feels like to have the right person versus the wrong person? So I think that's another thing that uh, we don't say directly enough, I guess, is if it doesn't, like, if it doesn't feel good, you have the wrong person. If you're afraid and if it doesn't feel like you can relinquish control, of course, that comes from 
us too, because most of us are high, high, high Ds and high, high, high control freaks. But like when you have the right person speak to how that feels like that, there's a difference between having low level talent and having um, real talent and how that makes it easier to give up control. So, um, you know, I, I do that thing where I, I just enjoy transparency. <clears throat> I have never nailed it on the agent side. Um, and I've always wondered, can this person uh, deliver the buyer consultation the same way that we can? Can this person really promote the culture of the team? Can this person get buy-in on the whole team, not just themselves? Is this person going to nurture, follow up? And it makes me feel worried. I, I think about it. I, um, I worry about it. I can get anxious. I ask questions. I hold on to too many leads sometimes. And then there's more than Steve and I can work. And then we lose business because I'm worried because I don't trust the person. On the admin side, I totally nailed it. And not because I did anything right. I really believe I left out because it was before all of the career visioning stuff. Like I, I did the KPAs on my very first hire and she's been with me three years. Although I hired her for um, the EA position and she just loved contracts, checklists, that sort of thing. And then about 18 months after that, I brought on my director of ops. And when I give them something, I know that it's gonna be, be done. And I know that if, um, if I need a certain outcome or I need a certain feeling with an outcome, I describe that and I know that they'll put in the pieces. I know that if they get stuck, they'll ask me. Um, I enjoy coming to work. I have confidence on the admin side. It just feels completely different. So I have a question, um, kind of a different direction question. Missy, can you talk a little bit about who your mentors are and if they were listening today, what would you tell them? Because oftentimes I feel like we don't tell the people that help shape our whole lives how we feel about them and how thankful we are. So what would you say to those people if they yeah. were listening? So I have, I actually have a bunch and um, <clears throat> I, I once heard, uh, I think it was Kristen Cole, I went to her ESO class, and one thing she said there was, um, you know how Gary Keller always says you're five years from where you want to be, you can be anywhere in five years. Kristen Cole's take on it is also, you can be anywhere you want to be with five relationships. And I really took that to heart, and so I'm very intentional about picking out mentors to mentor me in specific areas. So um, I have a finance profit mentor. I have my business coach, Gabby. She's amazing. And in fact, it's really awkward. I hope she sees this because sometimes she'll ask me a question and I feel really, really smart until I'm on my coaching call and she'll be like, so blah, 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 question. I'll go, oh, I think I know the answer. And is this a trick question? And <laughs> hilarious. Um, Interestingly, so Carissa Ocker, I call her when I need self-care, mental. Um, the first person, this one is interesting. You guys know Jay Ocker? So the first person ever to take an interest in me uh, was Jay Ocker, and I met him through the Facebook referral groups, and um, there were, we were talking about a referral, and I was going to be near him teaching at a different market center, and this is when I was, I was going to teach in a market center that's like brand new, and I was closing about maybe 40 that year. I had no business really teaching anybody yet. If you want to master something, teach it. So I told Jay, hey, I'm going to be about an hour away from you. Can you come meet me? Well, Jay Ocker said, sure. And he drove an hour away and he took Steve and me to Cracker Barrel 
where he just poured into us, listened to everything about our business. He was the first person to really, um, you know, when you say you see someone else believing in you, you borrow their belief. He was the first person that believed in us. Mm -hmm. And he actually gave me the best advice ever. And he said, um, I said, if, if you could give a real estate agent any advice, what would it be? He said, Missy, if you pull back the curtains on any successful real estate team, it's a three ring crap show. You move forward anyway. And I've been moving forward ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I should just like fly out there and like sit down and, and interview you and everything because you're so similar to Eric and I. So I have to ask, people always ask me this question. You're a husband and wife team. You're with him 24 seven. You sleep with him. You wake up with him. You go to work with him. You come home with him. How do you get away from each other? Like, how is your, what do you do? What is your downtime? What do you do to step away from your husband, the business relationship? What do you do? So the truth is it's really hard and everyone wants to, to think that there's magic to it and that it's great. There's times I don't even like my husband. I was talking with Lindsay about this pretty recently and there's times where I'm like, okay, I'm committed and I said I do and right now in my heart, it's a big fat, I do not. Same. Right. And so you self-care just becomes more important than anything because you have, um, as women with this mental load of kids, calendars, business, marriage, all of this stuff, even the little things like, am I out of peanut butter? Like we're responsible for carrying that in our brains. Yes. And so I like to go run or walk my dogs and have quiet time. And then um, I schedule self-care retreats. I take at least two a year where I lock myself in a cabin for a couple of days. That's awesome. Yep. So like another just really quick question too, like, we try to have date night. We try to once a month, me and him try to just go date night. And like, I've had coaches and I've had mentors say, okay, you guys need to turn it off. You guys need to stop talking real estate. I can't, like we can't. That's in a kind of sick way. That's kind of how we connect and right. we love it. Um, is that how it is for you guys too? Like when you guys go out, is it always real estate? So it is for me and not for him. <laughs> I have to put down boundaries because... And, and the way it looks with me as the driver, it's, you know, at nine or 10 at night, oh, did you call so-and-so? And he's like, really, Missy, there needs to be a time where I have to not worry about that at all. I'm the so, same way. Yeah. I have a hard time turning it off. Steve doesn't. Okay. I'm the same way. I, I feel you. Like, I feel like, did you do this? Did you do that? It's almost like, it's almost like the woman, the motherly in you, but you're doing it with your business. It's also yeah. though, like, okay, so what is your disc? Mine? Yeah. I'm a 99% D, 98I. And what, what is Steve's? Steve is an ISC, and he's uh, like a 70I, and he's mid on S. And, and do you think you're visionary and he's integrator, or are you both visionary? He's very much an integrator. Yeah, so that's the thing for me, is that visionary is in your soul. That isn't something that you can teach to somebody. Although I do think that if any human being on the planet gets connected to an anchor that really is passion for them, then they can become a visionary. But a visionary can't shut it off. A visionary dreams about it in their sleep. They live it. They breathe it. It's in their blood. It's their mission. It's their passion. So like as much as we would like to turn it off, it is who we are as human beings. And I think that's the difference. And unfortunately, it can be very draining for non 
visionary people. So sorry, guys. It is. It is. And it's the kind of thing where people say stuff like, Missy, why don't you read at night? Okay, well, then I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. with a Sharpie and a flip chart because I'm all jazzed about, well, why don't you read nonfiction? Because I'm not interested in that. That doesn't help me grow. Yep. So guys, I'm sure you're wondering um, what this disc is. If you don't know what it is, we're going to make sure that we link it underneath of the podcast so that you guys can figure out what you are. And it really helps you not just in business, but in personal life. Like if you want to get something done at home <clears throat> and you don't want to be the one to do it, that's a really great tool to use to get exactly <laughs> what you want done. <clears throat> um, you can kind right. of manipulate a little bit of the situation to, to get things done the way you want. If you understand how other people work and how they prefer to learn and, um, and all of that. So um, I want to sh shift gears again um, and ask you, what is something that you and your team are better at than anyone else on the planet? What do you guys pride yourself on? Why is your experience different there? Um, that's a fantastic question. I know this seems a little weird. I think we love each other better than anyone. Mm. Oh. I think we understand each other and communicate with each other. And I think, I think it translates to how we deal with the clients and we really do work to, to communicate well and match personalities and it just works for us. That's awesome. Like if, if we have something huge that's happening on the team, uh, Brooke, our TC, her top strengths finder is harmony. And so if there's going to be something awkward, I'm calling her first and I'm saying, okay, Brooke, this is going down today. Do you want to work from home? And we kind of, we learn to read our clients the same way because it's important to us. If, if we have someone who is really high C, you don't want to, you really don't want to talk to me. I'm going to frustrate you and you're going to think I'm rude and abrupt. You're going to want to talk to my husband who was an engineer for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So I we work with my husband too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very similar um, difference in personality. So uh, I'm I to bring me the Yoda, by the way, I didn't want you to. Yes. Think yeah, I just want to see Heather anyways. So bring on the Heather. <laughs> She's amazing. How did you find her? Tell, like, walk everybody through, like, how did you find her? Where did you find that? Uh, the director of ops piece is the hardest. I'm sorry, it's impossible. It's yep. impossible. Like, I can't, Not for me. I can't nail that. I've tried many times. Bring me a baby. Baby Yoda to conference room one, please. <laughs> like, at some point, when do they just go, wow, Missy? This is, I mean, how is this going to thing? So my TC, I actually stole from church. She was the church secretary there. And she's, yeah, she's amazing. She's funny, sarcastic. And, and I really, one day I sent her, there was a, um, oh, the first time I ever gave one of my kids a foot long from Sonic. They thought it was amazing. And so they had this big, huge hot dog in their lap. Don't take this inappropriate, guys. And <laughs> one of them was just kind of going, well, I'll find the picture for you. And I sent it to Brooke. I said, meme this. And she, she wrote back with a little meme and it said, I haven't been this impressed since I used Stephen Missy Webb as my realtors. And I thought, <laughs> oh. So then I just started talking to, we were starting to feel that we were um, on track to close uh, 56 that year. And so we were about halfway through and really feeling the contracts. And so I was like, so have you ever considered a different career? And we just started talking. It took about six months. And finally she decided to come on over. And it's funny because I went to church the next Sunday and my preacher looked at me and said, what are you doing here? Don't you know you're disfellowshipped? <laughs> 
You're stealing my people, my sheep. Um, so, so we talked to Kevin Coffin. We love you, Kevin. We all love Kevin. Um, and I know you love Kevin too. Kevin, love Kevin. Kevin lets us crazy dial him in the middle of the day when we're spinning out and need like controlling. Yeah. Um, but so he was telling us, and we were all talking about this, like to a certain degree, you never know whether or not a person's going to work until they're implemented into the team. Do you think that that's true? Or so like for everybody that's listening, Missy would be like, I don't know why you're not teaching career visioning, to be honest. Like you're the person who models the system of hiring the best that I know. So like, do you think that that's true? Or do you think that you can know before that person is integrated into the team, whether or not they're the person? I think it's both. And I think it depends on where you find them. My most successful hires and the best matches have been organic and someone else saying, hey, you know who would be a great match for you is this person. Because I, I knew Brooke's track record at church and then she introduced us to Heather um, and she had known Heather a long time and all that kind of stuff. And what's interesting about Heather is she's a DC and I couldn't tell you guys need a DC in your director of ops role. She is my unicorn. I couldn't tell if she liked me and so I almost didn't hire her. It would have been my biggest mistake ever. And so that one was organic. So all the best ones come from um, like the agents that have stayed with me the longest and, and been the best fit. Um, they've been someone else saying, hey, I know this person and, and you would just love them and they're really great. So when it's, when it's kind of just a stab in the dark or you're putting out resumes on Indeed or doing something like that, it just doesn't, I've not had one of those work out. I mean, that's, those are some questions that I have too, because hiring is one of my, not my strong suits, but I've gotten really lucky, I think. Um, where are some other places that you might think or tell people to look for um, those type of personality types? Because I typically go towards like servers at high-end restaurants um, that I've had a really good experience with, and I end up talking them into getting a real estate license. Yeah. Um, so not, sorry, go ahead. For the agent side? Yes. So your very best people to ask are going to be the people that know how you do business. So I'm actually, um, I'm interviewing someone today at five and I called my favorite title company person. I said, hey, hey, you know what? Who do you know that's been maybe um, doing well, hit a ceiling, struggling, talked about joining you guys. Wait a minute, you're Heather. Oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. Can we see Heather's face though, Heather? I haven't seen your face. Hi! You make those? Yeah. Uh, I want one. I wish you could feel how soft he oh is. Oh my gosh. I want one. I want to purchase one. I know, I, I need one down. too. I want one. Next week. Okay. After oh my gosh. It'll be about a month. That is so That's good. Fine. I'm so jealous right now. How, how do you, like, Heather, I can... I saw it yesterday. I can make a scarf. Isn't she amazing? But that's it, right? How does it like turn into like a three-dimensional thing? I couldn't even start one. I don't know. I can't even sew a button. Yep, same, same. I can barely iron, so. I don't iron. I still take mine to my mom's. Love. We all need a Heather. Yeah. I don't I don't know what I did before she literally this is I mean this is like getting into some real confessions here she will literally tell me to go to the bathroom because I'll do that hurricane thing and come into the office throw all my stuff down bark a whole bunch of stuff and like oh this and oh that and squirrel and 
she'll say, Missy, when you first came in, you said you had to go to the bathroom. It's been half an hour. So like, oh yeah, thanks. What is her I get my best work done in the bathroom. So <laughs> her I'm not bringing myself yeah. on with me. She's a DC. She's a DC and her strengths. This is I strengths finders are so important too. And and I don't know. I recently learned about it last signing with Face ID. Sorry guys, here we go. Yeah, I'll link that in the um comments for everybody too to find the strength finders assessment because I did that after you sent it to me and it's super cool. It's super eye-opening too. So Heather, as a director of ops, her top strength is strategic. Um, and so she loves to figure out the best ways to get things done. Maximizer. This is so important because she likes to take something good and make it great. Well, I need that because I have something good and we are not great. Um, <laughs> ideation, relator, and arranger. So... Yeah, I, um, so in top 100, one of the times that I was there with Gary, he was really speaking on admin for a long time. And I was looking through my notes on it as we're sitting here talking and like he said, which like, honestly, I went home and let go of my admin like the next day, um, afterwards. But like, so he said that absolutely nobody should ever report to a rainmaker who is not aggressive. We need to stop putting S's in that admin role because a, a D who will be the rainmaker, whether you like it or not, just absolutely cannot handle that. And then he also said, admin is the battleground. They need to take a blood oath to make the business be as big as humanly possible. And I definitely feel like that's a Heather for sure. Yeah, like I feel like she's is. all in. It is, and what's interesting is with her DC, my um, Brooke, our TC is a CS. And her top strength is harmony. So how do you think she feels when the DI comes in as a hurricane? And yeah, once we put Heather in, we put her in between us. And, you know, I talked to Brooke a long time um, about doing that because it's kind of weird. You hire this person, then you bring someone in over them. And she didn't want the job. She didn't want to create. She just wants to do her checklist. And so this is really important to me, I think. And I don't know if it's across the board, and I describe my two admin as um, one is a builder, and that's Heather, one is a maintainer. So one is a rock, one is a rock star. And I think we talk all the time about, you know, elevating the rock star and not the rock. I need them both. And putting Heather in between me and that rock was so great. She softens my blow. So how, like, what advice would you give to people who... Um, I think this is another place where people get really overwhelmed. So they try to find one person that can do it all. They try to find one person who is the builder, one person who is the maintainer, one person who likes the TC work, one person who likes the operational stuff. And there is not a one person, mm -hmm. but also, you know, it's reality that as your business grows, you may not be able to hire multiple people at one time. So what would be the person that you would look for? first? Do you look for the builder? Do you look for the maintainer? Like, what do you do until you have the space, the budget, and the ability to put multiple pieces in play? Yeah, I think you would start with figuring out um, what takes the most of, the, uh, most of your joy and energy and hire that. Because for some people, it's database work, it's lead, lead coordinating, it's preparing a call list. Maybe that sucks your joy. For us, it was contracts. Yeah. And the truth is some people like Heather as a DC, she can do it all and it's not in her energy zone. Brooke went out of town. Um, she went to Colorado actually for 10 days with her family 
And by the end of it, Heather was just like, I don't like contracts. <laughs> she can do it all and she doesn't like it. How did you know when you were ready? So, okay, so walk me through that. So you had, it was you and Steve, the contract piece got out of control. You put Brooke in play. Brooke was managing the contracts. How did you know that you were ready for Heather? And was she, was she a DO immediately or did she step into that? How did you know you were ready for the next piece? So she started as an EA and I really hired her to handle my database and campaigns. So I didn't have enough time to do the lead coordinating and making it rain and passing things off and following up and inspecting and all those other things we do and also execute a great 36 touch. I just couldn't do it. And I, I don't enjoy working in the database. It's also a joy suck for me. So I, I hired Heather for that and her, um, we had her take the perfect real estate assistant and Monica Reynolds. We'll yeah, that if anybody yeah. Yeah. doing the ops manual and her two big jobs were kind of just identifying where we needed systems and then working on our database and working in conjunction with Brooke to execute the 36 touch and sort of clean up our database. We may need to ask Steve this because this is a C question all day long or one of the other girls, but do you, do you know your numbers well enough to know what type of growth you had after you added Brooke and what type of growth you had after you added Heather? Like, is there visible, was there visible growth that happened after you put those leverage pieces in play? Because we always um, hear that, right? We're taught that leverage comes in to leverage you so that you can go out and create more. So do you know how, what effect they had on the business? Well, we, um, the year after we hired Brooke, we went from 56 to 98. That's a so, lot. Yeah. Right. And the truth is I can't really measure Heather right now because what we're doing, I heard this from Jean Rivers, and this is probably my new favorite thing. You know, you hear something and it sticks and you're like, that's amazing. He said, so many agents focus on the units they need right now instead of building the machine to get them the units they want in three years. Yep. So with Heather, we're building a machine. And I don't know that I can measure that right now. We're working on growing our database to 5,000, executing a 36 touch consistently so that in three years, what does that look like? Yeah. Missy, so. who is training them once you find the right person for the role? Because that's another stressor for me is I want to give them a fair chance at success, but I also don't love training that particular role because I'm hiring for something I don't like doing. So that's, yeah. that's my stressor. So how do you overcome that? How do you train? So um, I... I put both of them through the perfect real estate assistant assistant because when Brooke started, of course, she was my EA and it turns out she just wanted contracts. And then when Heather came on, we put her through that. And Heather, this is really, really important. Heather is a self-starter. And if she doesn't know something, she's resourceful. She finds the answers. She will um, ask somebody. She's in a, an executive mastermind group. She's um, She follows Christy Belt Grossman and Brinley Tucker and you know, goes to family reunion, mega camp, all the ops breakouts. So she's resourceful. And eventually our next goal, um, I'm coached and Steve is coached. And our next goal is to have Heather coached. Nice. An ops coach. So to wrap things up here, a um, couple of things. You need to tell us about your dog because I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And two, okay. what is the future of web group and where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, 
So this is Fizbo. He's my little wallpaper. Aww. You see him? Yes. So um, he um he was before Bold 2.0 because his kennel name is Aries Hush Drunk Monkey. So now I'm wondering if AKC will change it to Monkey Mind. You're confusing me. So this is Fizbo, F-I-Z-B-O, and he's amazing. We have two other rescue dogs and two cats and two kids and a zoo. Nice. So in five years, um, to be honest, I'm not sure. So I have a new coach um, since September, and we're kind of looking at sort of different directions. And um, I've got several things popping around in my head, and I'm, I think I'm okay with all of it. And I know myself well enough to know that I'm going to grow in one direction or another. So I can see myself easily um, having a, a, a team that runs itself. And I'm out being a bold coach. Can you guys see that? Yes. Right? And then I can also see um, there's not a lot of expansion in Oklahoma yet. I would love to be the pioneer that puts teams in Lawton, Enid, Stillwater, Tulsa, all of those places here. Um, Oklahoma was the second region. And we're just really untapped as far as expansion. So I can see myself going that too. And then I can also see just keeping my head down and getting as big as I can get here. And then who knows? Nice. So I think about all three of those and I kind of have plans in my head for all of them. And I feel like it'll be obvious to me as I grow and evolve as a leader. Tell everybody where in Oklahoma you are because you kind of straddle different markets so everybody knows where to find you. Yeah, um, really it's Oklahoma City. So I live in Norman and that's where the University of Oklahoma is. And it's a little football town about 15 miles south of Oklahoma City. Coolest town ever. Right. So you work, you work Oklahoma City, Norman. And all the surrounding areas. Surrounding areas. So Oklahoma is interesting because um, I can get to the very top part in about an hour. And I can go really far south too. And I actually prefer that. People are like, why in the world would you go down to Paul's Valley? Well, because there's no traffic. I'm just like passing fields and cows and it's delightful. It's delightful. Why wouldn't I go that way? So nice. Nice. Do you well, want to um do you want to talk about Mo really fast? What about Mo? Um, I'm not gonna say mine, even though everybody on this call will know who it is, and I'm gonna punch <laughs> the person that brings it up, but Missy and I um, always joke that like we both have people that are uh, someone John Pugh yesterday called them celebrities, um, but like yeah. people that we are both obsessed with and Missy is like these are why restraining orders were created so that the two of us don't get in trouble. But I just know that you have kind of um, love and admiration for Mo Anderson and kind of I a do. special relationship with her. So I do. So I um, it started out you know I see her a lot because we're in Oklahoma. And she speaks here and, and does things like that. And I bid on an auction for KW Cares. And I um, had a coffee date with her. Well, in true classy culture Mo style, it was actually in her home for three hours. And it was a coffee date. And so she asked, she spent most of the time asking about my family, my heart, my faith, just all kinds of stuff. And then um, it's interesting because I feel like for that kind of time, she should have sent me an invoice. And two days later, I got flowers thanking me for the conversation. Oh, wow. Phenomenal woman. And so um, we don't have any details yet. And, and her intention is to um, let me help her put on a big event soon in Oklahoma 
because she said she wondered once if people would hop on a plane and come here. Yes, they would. And let me help you plan it. So nice. Awesome. I'm really excited about that. Well, we can't wait to hear and I would love to come. So you'll need to let us know. That would be great. We would love to be there. I mean, if I'm helping her plan it, she shouldn't really need a restraining order, right? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I probably would still need a restraining order, but maybe you are more restrained than me. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> we'll have to talk about this after the call. I'm a little concerned now about what you might have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Missy. Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you for being on our show. Um, if you're looking for a Oklahoma agent, look out in the 405 in the Norman, Oklahoma area and look out for the Webb Real Estate Group. Um, I'm sure she would love to help you. She's all over Facebook. Um, thank you, Missy, this was great. And I, I seriously need to connect with you outside of this because I think we have a lot in common and I, I need your input. So I'm excited to connect with you. So thanks, I'm Missy. Thanks guys. Bye. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.